This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying this Tuesday, December 14th, wherever and however you're connected. Always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a guy who revels in counter-arguments, especially on live radio, Jerem Jordan. Is this live? Uh, yesterday, Aaron Roderick, the offensive coordinator at Brigham Young University's uh, men's football team, American football, went on the Zone Sports Network with our guys Scotty G and Hans Olsen and said the following. Um, and uh, the whole university has, so it's, it's been a great experience overall. So, I look, I, I'm going to give you a chance to brag here. I know you won't do it, but there's a lot of uh, – a lot of people that said, yeah, but about last year. It's like, yeah, but everybody else was dealing with COVID. Yeah, but they did it without playing a good record or a good schedule. Yeah, but this and this and this. To be able to put together the record and the success that you guys were able to do this year against this kind of schedule, Coach, that's got to be rewarding for you. Yeah, but Cam Rising didn't play quarterback against us. (laughs) (laughs) Some more yeah, buts. (laughs) Yep. Well played, Aaron Roderick. <laughs> We've all heard that counter-argument a few times. From Daryl, the Ute neighbor. Exactly. Who didn't know who Cam Rising was until halfway through the season. But whatever. It's yeah. all good. Cam, Cam Rising's uh, ascension has been gnarly because he was the starter last year for like seven snaps and then got hurt. Now he's now he's in the, the Rose Bowl. Now he's quarterbacking but he didn't play against me in like the Rose Bowl. Him. Hey, counter-argue this show lineup. Bowl week for BYU football. What's on the line? And how much of a difference would a bowl win over UAB really make? Senior defensive lineman Uriah Lopa Leotawa joins the show with his opinions on that and much more. Plus, Blaine Fowler on what he expects from the Cougars when they show up in Shreveport to play on the old gridiron. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU leaves for Louisiana today ahead of the Independence Bowl Saturday. Gunnar Romney says the team's ready to play. You know, these last couple of weeks of practice have been really intense, really amped up. You know, there's been fights breaking out because it's been so competitive. You know, we're going ones against ones, uh, you know, offense against defense. And it's getting competitive. People are are, uh, ready to go out and play another game against someone else. Yes, they are. It's been a few weeks since the USC game. Cougar pregame live starts at 1.30 Eastern Saturday on BYU Radio. Countdown kickoff starts at 3:30, uh, 2.30 Eastern on BYU TV. And this just in, the sporting news has named Tyler Algier a second-team All-American. That's great. The Associated Press did not list uh, Tyler Algier and its set of three All-American teams, two running backs for each team. So good to see Tyler acknowledged by the sporting news. I wonder if our guy Bill Bender had something to do with that at the sporting news. Bill, you dog. How about some more news featuring a second-team All-American, this time on the offensive line, a guy who blocks for Tyler Algier. Clark Barrington says he will return to BYU next year. Kind of already had my mind made up, you know. I'm going to be here next year and and continue to build upon what what I've I've already done, and and hopefully there's more in the future. Yes, and I it looks tired. Feel like the offensive line is great and getting greater. Yeah, yeah, with Kingsley Suamata, yeah, how could it not? That's awesome. He he looks like he just had practice, which is what happened. 
ESPN's Joe Lenardi puts BYU hoops as the last seven seed after the Creighton loss. Cougars play at Weaver State Saturday. BYU sits at 29 in net today. But Jerem, the panic button was hit after BYU lost to Creighton. Or was it? It shouldn't we'll, have We'll been. discuss. I don't necessarily agree with Joe right now, but yeah. BYU women's basketball ranked number 20 in the new AP poll, dropping from number 16 last week following an overtime loss at Oklahoma, 99-91, a shootout. The Cougs 8-1 this season, ranked for a third consecutive week, and host Washington State this Saturday, 2 Eastern. You can watch that live on the BYU TV app. Sophomore Violet Zavodnik had the game-winning run for the United States U18 softball team, winning gold against uh, Chinese Taipei in the World Baseball Softball Confederation U18 World Championships. Woo. Zavodnik was the WCC player and freshman of the year in the spring. She's awesome. The 2022 season begins February 10th. Congratulations to Violet. That is awesome news. Zach McWhorter named the National Athlete of the Week by the USTF CCCA, the pole vaulter extraordinaire. Again, on Friday, December 10th, broke his own school record. Zach is the first BYU athlete since 2015 to be named to the National Athlete of the Week during the indoor season. Does not happen often. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event, Elite 11. No, not the quarterbacks, but BYU football as a team chasing an elite number of wins in an individual season. Yes, the Cougars are chasing back-to-back 11-win seasons, and junior wide receiver Gunnar Romney has added some context for the bowl game buildup. It's, it's really awesome in cementing our legacy as, as this team. Um, you know, to get 11 wins, it's an amazing thing. And then, you know, like Lopa mentioned right before I came on, you know, it's, it hasn't been done since the national championship season that uh, we've gotten 11 wins two seasons in a row, which is which is unheard of. And so I think it'd be really cool to go out with a bank. It has been a while. Not exactly a true statement, but that's all right. Jerem, what would an 11th win mean okay. for BYU football? Yeah, I, yeah, BYU had 11 wins, uh, you know, in 06 and 07. 07. That's okay. But but the point is the same, which is it would be awesome. There is a difference between 10 and 11. There is. When you have zero and one losses, you're an elite company. Only six seasons in BYU history have done that. Uh, when you only have two losses, that's only happened five times. And then there are a bunch of teams that have had three or more losses that we don't even talk about that much. Even if they were incredible teams, that schedule or injuries or whatever made it so, or they just weren't good enough, that they had three-plus losses. So the, the two best teams ever to have three-plus losses, 85 and 90. Okay, Those were incredible teams. You could argue 91, too. Um, the, the two lost teams are special. Obviously, this team trying to fit into that category. Um, I think regardless of what happens in the bowl game, obviously it would be disappointing if you this to UAB. This team, because of the amount of power fives, six and one, beating you tightening the streak, the Big 12 invite, will be one of the remembered teams in BYU history. It is one of the best ever. Um, it's whether you put it at number eight or if BYU wins this bowl game, I think you can make a pretty good argument for let me give you that argument. 84, 83, 96 are the kind of consensus top three in BYU history. You, if you feel like this team belongs in there, may, maybe it's because of strength schedule, right? I, I can see that argument. But I put them as high as four if they win the bowl game, when BYU wins the bowl game, because of the way they've navigated the toughest, uh, you know, most unique – one of the toughest, if not the toughest, schedules in BYU history. Like pure number of power fives doesn't necessarily mean it was – as tough as, say, 03, where you're playing 
like two or three top ten teams. Ninety one, oh four, yeah. those are in the conversation as yeah. well. Ninety was um, crazy. Yeah, all this stuff. So yes, this is what. Regardless of whether BYU wins the bowl game, it's one of the best ever. But it is unique company if you can finish back to back elevens. I mean, oh six, oh seven was the last time BYU did that. You look at just straight up win percentage in a two year stretch. Last year, this year, if BYU wins. Most since 06, 07, fifth best two-year win percentage in BYU history. Tied for fifth for the best two-year win total. Uh, fewest losses in a two-year stretch since 84-85. I think that's what Gunner was getting yep, at. Yep, Is Yeah, it'd be incredible. And if BYU can get into the AP top ten in that final poll, it'd be just the fourth time in BYU history the Cougars have done that. That'd be wild. Imagine the most delicious meal that you have ever seen in front of your eyes, and that's different for everyone. Nobody wants the last bite of that meal to be gross or cold or have sat out for a while. And that's kind of how I feel the season would be for fans. We look at it with the big picture lens. That's what we do. But for fans, if BYU lost to UAB, then the last bite of a really good dish would be gross. And that is super disappointing. 2008, BYU starts 6-0. They're a top 10 team. They sputter at the finish and go 10-3. and And we talk about the sputter at the finish. Oh, I can't believe BYU lost to Arizona in the bowl game with Austin Colley and Max Hall and Dennis Pitta. That with who? Yeah, two thousand one. Amazing season, twelve and zero, top ten team. We focus on the sputter at the finish. Luke Staley breaks his leg. BYU gets blown out by Hawaii. They lose the bowl game to Louisville. Twelve and two season was incredible, but we focus on what did not happen at the end. Nineteen seventy nine, but BYU lost to Indiana. Because of a missed extra point. And 79 is so long ago, no one really cares but us. 1990, Ty Detmer's Heisman season, beat Miami. BYU got blown out by Hawaii after Detmer won the Heisman while he was in Hawaii and then lost 65-14 to to Texas A&M. We tend to, because of human nature, focus on the sputter if it comes to that. And so this is big. BYU needs to beat UAB so that we don't have a gross last bite of this delicious meal. And what else is on the line? Okay, we talk about being ranked. We always focus on rankings as like true relevance for BYU football and independence. Only way to quantify it at least. Yes. BYU is trying to finish in the AP Top 10 for the first time in 25 years. BYU has not finished as a Top 10 team since 1996. Technically 97 because the Cotton Bowl was on January 1st. But the 96 season. It's been 20 Five years since BYU has done that. They'll probably do that if and when they beat UAB. And BYU, as we talked about, hasn't had back-to-back top 11 finishes in the rankings since 1983 and 1984. They can equal that. There is going to be somebody that loses above BYU in the rankings because there are so many top 12 matchups that if BYU beats UAB, they will jump up at least one spot and BYU will finish in the top 11 back-to-back seasons for the first time since Steve Young and Robbie Bosco did it in 1983 and 1984. That is wild. There's a ton on the line in terms of being ranked and relevant. If BYU lost this game, it would suck. But this team is always going to be immortalized because it's the team that broke the streak against Utah, and it was the year BYU went to the Big 12. Like, no no, quite, no I, argument I think, on that. Yeah, I think I – think, um, <clears throat> As, as the years go by, you think less about how crappy the end of the meal was and about, oh, that was a fun night with so-and-so and so-and-so. Like, when in 90, yeah, we think about, you know, the great game with Miami. 
You know, that's like the leg and Ty won the Heisman. Like over time, you're like, oh yeah, and they did sputter at the end, but it's not like, you know, there there were some real highs there that were amazing. Like oh one, yes, we think about the sputter, but we also think. Oh, the Dominator and Luke Staley won the Doke. My like, point is I don't want to have the conversation about any sputter at any point. Oh, yeah. No one does uh, listening to this except for a couple of Ute fans watching this. What's up? Uh, you know, congratulations on the Rose Bowl. Go Ohio State. But I, I think this year will be immortalized regardless. I do think they're going to win the bowl game, of course. Um, but I think if they, if they lost it, this team will still be in a unique place in BYU history regardless. If they, if they win, now, yes, we can start making the argument of like, Oh, was this the fourth best season in BYU history? For me, it's kind of hard to argue this is better than 83, 96, or 84. I think you go as high as four. That's like the ceiling on how good this team is. Well, you're talking, if you look at the rankings alone in the three seasons you just referenced, 83 finished number seven, had one loss. 84 won the national championship, and 96 won, lost one game and finished top right. five. So it's, it's not going to happen. Those are the three I brought up, yeah, yeah, that have been AP top ten finishes, which is incredible. Now, there is some argument to like, okay, not all schedules are equal. 90-91 were crazy. Uh, is winning a Heisman better than beating Washington State and Arizona? And what like ninety is an immortal season because it's the, the Heisman indiv- Trophy and the, the Miami season. Yeah, the win those those accomplishments were great. So it just depends what you want. If you if you categorize success by total wins, by win percentage, by ranking, by P five wins, by rivalry streaks, like you have a lot of those in this season which has been pretty special, to say the least. BYU needs to finish this off the right way. You got your coach extended through 2027. You're a top 13 team right now. You've been in every college football playoff poll over the duration of the last two seasons. Don't muff it, as one Gordon B. Hinckley said at one point at the end of the Lavelle Edwards career. BYU needs to finish this thing out. Yeah, Finish on a high. Yes, I'm not saying I'm preparing for a loss or anything. I'm not. I'm just saying no matter what happens in the bowl game, this team's legacy to me has been pretty much secured. If they if they win this game, great. It's like cherry on top. But yes, they, like this, I want that cherry on top. I don't want anything yeah. else. I've never like been like, there's no cherry on this, so I'm disappointed. Like, what's that? Um, <laughs> it like this team is the legacy is locked up, man. It's sure. like they're incredible. Well, I just uh, don't. BYU has a chance. To become only the fourth team ever to finish ranked in the postseason top ten, like that—that's awesome. There's a lot on the line. It's a lot on the line. Yes, it was great to beat Utah, but BYU misses out on a lot of uh, no, no buts ifs. in that sentence. No buts. What ifs if they don't close the deal against UAB? It was great to beat Utah. Period. <laughs> Our question of the day: What is the difference between ten and eleven wins? For the legacy of this 2021 BYU football team. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Roberts underscore MN answers on Twitter. 11 wins keeps momentum going towards next season. And more importantly, 2023 when BYU says hello to the Big 12. I don't know that a win in this bowl game factors into what happens when BYU transitions into the Big 12 in 2023. That's more about the 2022 season, in my opinion. But the momentum part absolutely resonates. BYU is going to be a preseason top 25 team. and Oh, probably probably like top 
15, dog. If they lose this game, it could affect that. If they win this game, then you're right. You probably will be a top 15 team. A 10-win team returning its quarterback. And if Tyler Algier comes back. We'll be ranked. It's not just ranked. It's like top 15. Like You lose to if, UAB? If BYU finishes. Yeah. I We're making drama out of nothing. That, nothing exists there. Like, BYU's not losing this game. No. Why are we even talking like that's a possibility? Like, no, UAB does some really nice things. They they pass the ball extremely effectively. They're one of the best in the country. They stop the rush extremely effectively. You haven't seen a team like BYU this year? Come on, man. I haven't even looked at their schedule. I guarantee they've not seen a running what back like UTSA? Tyler What about UTSA? They played him tough. And Sheer McCormick. Hey, he's a good player. He is, he is really good. At BYU Arnold's on Twitter answers. There's no Tyler Algier, though. Win, and it's a legacy of top 10 finish. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. It yeah. just does not happen often. Lose, and the legacy is... 6-1 and one versus P5, 5-0 and oh against the Pac-12, breaking the streak against Utah, and proving Jerem's P5 phobia <laughs> wrong. They already have. As BYU would have a better record than versus Power 5 than group of fives. Oh, good grief. Yes. No, no, no. This is the outlier in the his- history of BYU. It's been incredible. I've loved every second of it, yeah. Up until this year, BYU had never really done anything like this. This is amazing. Um, I want BYU to keep it going, right? I don't want this to be an outlier. I want this to be the new norm, which is, no, no, BYU does very well. Like, I'm hoping when BYU goes to the Big 12 and plays an eight- or nine-game schedule that there are, like, only three losses in conference, right? Um, And you hope you don't lose a non-conference power five. But to to go 10-plus is amazing. This has been one of the most fun, enjoyable BYU football seasons in a long time. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you would like to add to the conversation on social media. Okay, coming up, what kind of impact will the return of Sir Clark Barrington have on the 22 season? And BYU Sports Nation all-access one-on-one as Jerem Jordan visits with Uriah Lopa Leitawa. How does he feel about the bowl week preparations as the Cougars push towards Shreveport? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow's early signing day for BYU football. Be sure to tune in to BYU Sports Nation to meet the newest Cougs as we introduce you to the class of 2022. Let's just say Bronco Mendenhall stepping aside has yielded a few more dudes. It's tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Fantastic. Great. Five-star, a couple of four-stars, three three-stars all from uh, Virginia flipping. Yeah. It's those, those kids good. who are members of the church who uh, aren't going to Virginia, a couple are coming here, so let's go. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Senior defensive lineman Uriah Leatawa has enjoyed a remarkable, albeit injury-riddled, final season at BYU. He's gone to church, Jerem, as he told us he would after the Utah game. Yes, he has. And he's ready for one more victorious football sermon in the bowl game. You had a chance to speak with him uh, just recently. Yes, I did. Here it is. All right, Lopa, the bowl game's this week, which is crazy. It feels like it's like in a week or two. No, 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 it's this week. So what's preparation like for the team right now? Uh, we've been practicing nonstop, actually, except on Sundays. Uh, we practice on Saturday. We practice today. Um, we've been practicing like normal, just making sure we're all ready and we're not sleeping on these guys. And that's important, right? Um, I know you guys wanted New Year's Six. I know you wanted something big and amazing and you were contracted with the Independence Bowl, and if New Year's Six didn't work out, this is what it was going to be. But you're playing in a unique place. You guys are used to hitting the road and going different places like Statesboro, Georgia, and whatever, right? 
So this is just another act there. So what's the motivation like to finish on a high? Because there is a difference between 10 and 11 wins in a season. Yes. Yeah. So Kalani brought up a really good point last week, and he told us that um, BYU as a dynasty after the championship year in 84 has only gone 11 wins back-to-back once, and I believe it's the 05-06 year. And he, and he talked to us about it, and he was like, how important it is to leave a legacy, how we can go from 11 wins last year to 11 wins this year. And only one team was able to do that, and that was 05 and 06. And so that's something that we uh, took personal, and that's a victory that we want to be able to achieve and leave for, the, for you know, BYU in general. You know, um, one thing that I thought was really cool is that, you know, like we can't control as players, we can't control who we are playing, you know, what we control is how we play. And we did the best we could this year. We did the best we could this year and um, we left it all on the table and we were able to achieve 10 wins as a team. So that's something to be proud of as a team. And, you know, like with all the New Year's Six stuff and everything like that, that's something that you can't control as a player. So there's no point in getting mad about it. I was upset. Personally, I was upset. Like, who wouldn't be? But then after Kalani talked to us the next day, he made sure we all understood how it is, how grateful we should be to even be playing a game. You know, I was here that 4-9 and season when we didn't even have a bowl game. So being able to play this game. You played in Hawaii in week 13. That was like a bowl game. Wait a minute. Yeah, not really. (laughs) Not really, though, but kind of. So No, I – no, I feel you. there was no bowl swag. If there ain't no bowl swag, it ain't a bowl game, right? Exactly. If there's none of that extra stuff, then this is really a bowl game. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk about the bowl here coming up. Um, what's the best part of this season to you? Because there have been so many great moments. Oh, man, that's a great question. I think the biggest one for me personally was beating Utah, you know, to get that monkey off our backs. People forget about that because that was the early part of the year. But People forget about it? What? I think people keep sleeping on it sometimes, man, because that was only week two and we're so deep into the season now. But that was probably the biggest moment. I I was so hyped after that game. That was such a great game. It was an incredible game. I couldn't even get down to the field from the press box. It was like impossible. Uh, yeah. I was going on the concourse trying to get down. People were like high-fiving me. We did it. We had to it. It, was like <laughs> this, it was this great moment, right? Yeah. Um, that was so, That was so cool. Okay, so the, the big news uh, recently, of course, is Kalani Sataki being extended through 2027. I know what he means to you guys, but will you explain what that meant to the team? Because, yes, you're graduating and you're done after your 17-year here, uh, career here at URA, but uh, it's That's awesome great. to see that Kalani's going to stay, right? Yeah, no, it's great that he's going to stay. People don't understand how he's finally found his groove. You know, I've been here for forever now. And I've been here for with him for a long time. And just seeing how he progressed as a coach is just so good. Like, he's hit his stride. He knows what he wants now, and he knows how to achieve it. So um, BYU did a great job of, like, nabbing him up because he's a hot commodity right now across the nation. So, like, it's smart of BYU. And he loves it here. I don't – I didn't doubt that he, he was going to leave. Um, what I do love about his new contract is it's – beneficial to everyone on his staff and even the players too. Kalani, every time I would ask him straight up, like, Hey, bro, are you leaving to Oregon? Like, are you going to leave? And he's like, as long as they take care of you guys and the boys, I'm not going anywhere. Man. And that's what he always repeated to me. 
And that he's he's such an unselfish dude. Like he's yeah. yes, he got his too. Yeah. But it's almost like um, what reminds me of like we went on missions, right? You go to yeah. help other people, but you end up helping yourself quite a bit, yes. which is awesome. You talked about the impact on the players. How is his sort of contract and everything benefiting you guys? Oh, it benefits the underclassmen for sure. They're going to have a consistent staff, you know, somebody, a scheme to understand, like a scheme to learn throughout the years. Like they're going to continue to learn these things and improve in a, you know, like a scheme. Yeah. I just feel like it's really hard when you come into a new scheme and try to learn certain things. But the fact that Kalani and his staff are going to be here for a while, especially going into the Big 12, is going to benefit our young guys the most because they're going to have something constant throughout their career here that will not change. And that's very underrated in today's college football. Yeah, continuity helps, right? It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Uriah Leotawa or Lofa on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about how old you are. So when the show first started, Lofa, we announced you in the signing class in February, about five yeah. months into the show. We were on the radio only in 2014. Then you go yeah. on your mission. Then you come back. COVID year. Here we are in 2021. You yeah. feel like it was all worth it because guess what? You got to play in one of the greatest BYU football seasons ever and the most unique in that you guys play seven power fives and amazingly you guys go six and one. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it was worth it. I talked to a couple of the guys that left last year that are my same age and they were like, man, I wish I could have been part of it. And I just think like, man, I, I'm grateful to be here still. So it's dope. You know, I'm living it up this year no matter what happens. So um, I just, ha I've had fun. That's for sure. I've lived it up. I'm just grateful to be here. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. It has been a while. I remember in 2014 that happened. So yeah. The crazy thing is I'm not even the oldest person on this team right now. Who is it? Uh, Neil's older than me. Neil's older than you. And he could, he could come back next year if he wants. Who knows if he will, he could, he could bounce. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he's older than you. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Okay, um, let's talk about this bowl game. So UAB, you talked about, um, you know, you guys are taking them seriously. They play some good ball, right? Um, they cut the yeah. program a couple years. They're back. They're going for nine wins. Yeah. They shut down the run really well. They throw the ball very well. Um, yeah. Kind of what's top of mind with them? They, they got some freaks on their team, you know. They got some freak athletes on their team. Like you, you mentioned before, their defense is, like, legit. They're, they're a legit defense. I barely – we barely get to watch film on their defense, but we understand, like, when we do see them, like, oh, they're actually kind of good. They're, like, really good. So there's no one to sleep on. And their offense, for sure, is something we need to make sure we, we keep them contained and especially their, uh, their athletes out on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have some good players. It should be a, a fun game. Is there a benefit to playing a week before Christmas where you can just enjoy the holidays? Or would you rather have that game like later in the Christmas season? I don't know what players prefer. Honestly, it doesn't matter to me. I played in both. Um, I remember when we played in the Hawaii Bowl, like right before Christmas. I thought that was fun too. Um, and we played like the 24th. It was like Christmas Eve. Yeah. And yeah, so like uh, that would have been, I think it would have been fine either way. But 18th is nice. We're going to be home nice and early for Christmas. So I'm excited for that. Did you have fun in the USC game, given that you grew up rooting for UCLA with some of your brothers and everything, and you went into the Coliseum and repped the Cougs? Yeah. If I didn't freaking kept cramping up, that would have been better. But <laughs> that freaking game was great, man. It was awesome to be in there.
they have some of the hardest turf ever. That that field was horrible. Hmm. Underrated. It looks nice, but I guess it's not. It looks nice. It's just painted dirt. That's all it was. <laughs> That's really what <laughs> like it was. AstroTurf? Like illustrate dirt. So it was it was fun. Well, uh, best of luck continuing to prepare for UAB. Safe travels out to Louisiana. Have some fun in Shreveport. Eat some fun food. And uh, bring back an 11th win, man. Yes, let's go. Uriah Lopa, Leotawa, one of my favorite personalities on this BYU football team. Hard not to love that dude. One of our early deep blue features out of Compton, California. So grateful to have him at BYU. And he's gone through so many injuries, maintained a really positive, uplifting attitude. And he means a lot to his defensive line teammates. He, he's, he has battled this year. His BYU journey has literally spanned the journey of this program, as I mentioned. Yeah. Because we mentioned him in our first signing day coverage, February of 2014. <laughs> right before we hit the TV. What? Yeah. Pretty wild. I'm still shocked this got on TV. Coming up, Blaine Fowler on the bowl game and the difference between 10 and 11 wins in his opinion. Plus, who is the best three-point shooter on campus? One of the ladies would like to have a say. This is BYU Sports Nation. Mm-hmm. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Join us for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Tonight is the Coach Gregor Bell. Recap uh, last week, Utah State and Creighton. Look ahead to Weber State tonight at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TVM. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is a Tuesday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Hope you're enjoying your December month. And to interact with the show, get more pre-Christmas content. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. I think we should whip it. And we will. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. What does the return of Clark Barrington mean for the O-line? That an already great offensive line becomes even greater. The strongest position group for BYU football next year undoubtedly will be the offensive line. They are loaded and they are adding BYU's, I guess, only third ever five-star commitment. But... He'll actually stay with BYU, I think, and won't transfer somewhere else. This is amazing, Jeremy. The BYU offensive line is great and becoming greater. Yeah, you can look at the way Tyler Algiers performed this year and know how great that O-line was. Like, Tyler's been awesome, but if the O-line stinks, um, you know, not everyone's Barry Sanders where you overcome that. Um, I think if all the quarterbacks come back, I would argue that that group's pretty strong too, maybe the strongest. But we'll see if everybody, you know, Baylor Romney, what do you do if you're Baylor? If you want to play, maybe if you stay, I don't know. Um, I would love for him to stay, but you never, we'd be naive to think, everybody's staying uh, forever. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Clark's amazing. To me, it's the greatest argument if you're trying to entice Tyler Algier to come back for one more year. You oh, yeah. can run behind that and, line. And honestly, we've talked about how tough this schedule is. There are better, there's not the quantity of Power Fives next year, there's five, but the quality is way higher. Like, you're, you're playing Notre Dame, you're playing Oregon, Arkansas's top 25 team. Baylor in Baylor. Bobo. Like, that's a tougher haul of games. Like, there are more potential losses, a.k.a. bigger splashes, than this year had. Or more potential signature wins if everybody comes back. That's Yeah, that's what I mean by splash. ESPN's Joe Lunardi has BYU men's basketball dropping one seed line in his latest projections from a six to the final seven seed. Jerem, is BYU in a better spot than expected in spite of two losses over the last four games? Yes, but I don't, I don't think BYU is a seven. I would probably put BYU a little lower right now, given the loss of Gavin Baxter. They've lost two of the last four. 
I think BYU will figure it out. Um, it's just going to be different. BYU can't defend against teams with real good size. Obviously, Gonzaga is going to be a problem regardless of whether they have size or not. But there's going to be a couple teams where it's a little tricky. Luckily, the WCC is not – there's not like Ralph Sampson and Hakeem Olajuwon being thrown out there, so BYU will probably be okay. But there will be a few games where it is tough. Granted, Creighton's a pretty good team. Creighton is a really good team, and yeah. that is a tough road swing, early morning game at a neutral site that's a de facto road scenario. So the Creighton loss hurts. The one that really stings is obviously the Utah Valley game. But if Gavin Baxter, let's say he's in the game until at least the second half, BYU probably wins that game. That was just a weird, weird game and scenario. So I'm giving BYU kind of a pass on that one because emotionally that's a lot to handle. Creighton game, they're just better than BYU, yeah, straight I'm, up. That's the Baylor game in football. Yeah. Um, I am concerned moving forward, though. But BYU beat size at Missouri State on the road. They responded. So Say I, the name of the team again. Missouri State. There, yeah. Yeah. So, Solid road win. It is. But, yeah, it's Missouri State. There's going to be tougher teams there that BYU is going to have to try and handle. Someone tweeted at uh, former NFL receiver Chad Johnson asking if Zach Wilson is a lost cause. Johnson said, Zach Wilson is great, and quote, once things around him are all on one accord, you'll see them flourish as a unit, end quote. Do you believe the Jets will do this? Eventually, yes, but this is a slow build for Robert Sala and the New York Jets. It's going to take a few years. This is not something that is going to happen this season or maybe even the early part of next season. It's going to be a while before the Jets are flourishing and Zach Wilson specifically and and what is flourishing a 500 record flourishing feels like playoffs to me <laughs> like, like how, how do you, you define that can you flourish if you're not in the playoffs he's been the NFL rookie of the week twice which is nice he's had some flashes of brilliance but he's also had a boatload of rookie moments it's just going to take a while I believe that Zach will be a formidable quarterback in the NFL, but it's going to take a while. It's a slow build. I fear that the Jets will undo Zach, meaning they'll never actually – like, it's tough. It's just tough. The Jets suck, and I hate that he's on the Jets. I really do. I hope that they're better in the future, and that's all I can do right now is hope. When BYU gets into the Big 12 – I don't see 12. a logistical way for that to happen because of their track record. Again, that can quickly change for the better. It could also stay the same. I hope he, I hope it works out. I really do. I wish he was on a, a team that had a little higher ceiling. Sure. When BYU gets into the Big 12, it'll be the push for all levels of BYU football players. <laughs> if you say so. I kid. BYU men's basketball, 10 spots out of the top 25. Will the Cougars return to the top 25 rankings before conference play begins in roughly three weeks? If they run the table, they, yeah, they got a good shot. Um, in, in Maui, there's a couple games that could be good. A Wyoming, a Stanford, a Vanderbilt, or whatever. Wyoming's really good right now. Um, we'll see if they're – I can't remember if they're on the same side of the bracket or not or meet up. Maybe. Maybe. It's hard in basketball. Win four games, go 12-2. and two. Yeah, maybe you're uh, number 25 going yeah. into the conference season. Is Tegan Graham the best three-point shooter on campus right now? Yes. She made 10 three-pointers in the game. She set a school record and a program record for BYU women's basketball. Who's done that on the men's basketball team? Nick Emery. Currently. Oh, currently? No, nobody. nobody. Yeah. It's Tegan, right? Got to be Tegan. It's a fun combo because uh, Spencer Johnson's shooting 48% right now. Uh, Alex Barcella's shooting 46. Tegan's 45. Tegan has taken 10 more threes than anybody on the men's team and made 
four more. Okay. So the percentage is just just one percent behind Alex Barcelo, three mm-hmm. percent behind Spencer. So interesting. Uh, she's definitely in the convo. That'd be a fun like, uh, you know video that we just go see them shooting threes at practice. That'd be fun. If they beat Oklahoma, if they had beaten Oklahoma, ah! Tegan, we just needed one more three. (laughs) (laughs) You got a great game from Tegan. Unfortunately, some some players, it wasn't their greatest game. You have that imbalance sometimes. Coming up, Top 5 Tuesday featuring some of the best Kalani Sitake wins. Plus our resident dual threat analyst, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, joins the show. BYU football opens as a six and a half point favorite. Is that enough for Uncle B? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, I talked with Blaine Fowler about his recruitment to BYU, almost playing in the CFL and NFL and calling games for the Cougars for over 30 years. Let's do it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. We won't talk about any of those things right now. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B because Uncle B is in studio with us once again. Of course, the Deep Blue segment, amazing. Love that conversation. Uh, What we do want to know right now is the haps with BYU football as they close out the 2021 season, Blaine, and that starts with locking in their coach. What does that mean for BYU football? Yeah, it's huge for them. It's it's not just a continuity thing um, for, for the players that are currently in the program, but teams have used BYU's kind of hesitancy to do long-term deals with their coaches against them in recruiting forever. You know, where they just go, hey, they get you know their assistants have year-to-year contracts. Their their head coach, by the time you go on a mission and come back, that guy might not even be there. That gets used against BYU on a regular basis. And what both Mark Pope and Kalani wanted is they wanted to be able to say to players. That's a bunch of nonsense. Like, I'm locked in. Like, I will coach you for your entire career. Go on a mission. Come back. I got you. My staff's locked in. We got you. You're going to come into a system that you know is good. I, I think that it impacts recruiting more than anything. And then and then second is, is consistency. And, uh, you know, now when you have a year where there's a bunch of new guys coming in, they've been in the same system their whole career. It's just turnkey. This year is evidence of that. Jaron Hall. Right? This year is evidence of that. Where we were all going, hey, this is – I got to admit, I was calling it a rebuilding year. Back in the olden days, you know, we, we, you'd say, hey, BYU never rebuilds. It's a, it's, a, it's a factory. It just reloads. You know? And they're at that point with the kind of depth they have and the consistency of what they've been running on both sides of the ball. So we had all these new faces this year. But – they, they've been running the same systems, and the older players tutor the younger players, and it becomes turnkey, and now a guy steps in, and you go, yeah, BYU reloads. They don't, they don't rebuild anymore. And I think this new contract secures those two things. The ability to recruit and say nonsense to I'm not going to be here. I, I got you. I will be here. I'm going to take care of you. And, oh, by the way, with the consistency we've had, we're going to be good every year. So when you come back, you're going to get plugged right in, and, and we're going to be really, really good. I think it's huge. It's awesome uh, because what BYU did this year, it's good to overachieve sometimes. I think this team has overachieved, or, or maybe they've just achieved, but we had a fair assessment preseason. Dave McCann said 10 wins, and, you know, we laughed. But this is the I, first I laughed at him. This is the first time where it actually happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you played a schedule like this, and you actually answered the bell, which is awesome. Um, and it's because of what you just outlined. So now we were talking about the difference between 10 and 11 wins. Obviously, BYU needs to win this game. They should win this game against UAB. And you brought up, uh, and something we should mention, Dwayne McBride, the stud running back who almost has 1,000 yards. He had an ankle injury where he was carted off uh, in the last game for UAB against UTEP. 
there he might not play if right. he doesn't play. That's a big. That makes a big difference. And, two scores. And then and then you know, especially that, because rain is in the forecast. That six point mm-hmm. line that we're talking about changes a big deal and a lot I think in that case if he can't go because um, he's a focal point of their offense and and remember this is a UAB team that is I would say they're balanced but they're balanced with a little heavier emphasis on run so not like a lot of teams BYU's played this year um, Baylor's bal- balanced with an emphasis on run now yep. UAB's not close to as physical up front as Baylor is I mean Baylor is elite in the country up front. They manhandle everybody, and we saw that, right, when BYU played them face-to-face. UAB is not that level up front, not Baylor level. But but at the running back position, if he doesn't go, that makes a big difference because they like to feature the running back. They like to run downhill. They like to play action pass. Everything goes off of the, off of the run. Um, it's a good football team. And when I look at them on film, they remind me of Utah State, Boise State, talent-wise, um, which BYU is better than UAB. BYU has more talent than UAB. Just like they have more talent than Boise and they have more talent than Utah State. But I think we all learned that even though you have a little more talent, you can't go turn the ball over four times. If you're minus four, if BYU's minus four or minus three against UAB, they'll lose. lose. Amen. They will absolutely lose this game. UAB's good enough to do that. If BYU takes care of the ball, approaches this game the way they should, with the seriousness they should, and takes care of the football like they have, other than that one crazy aberration, then, then BYU should win, and it should be more than that six that you just talked about. So, And, and I, I was at practice last night. They're pra- they, sometimes you go to bowl week practices, and people are out doing finals, and, and you know, seems like it's a little bit of a disconnect. And it's like, oh, yeah, when we get down, uh, down to the bowl site, you know, things will all come back together. Last night's practice looked like a legit normal season practice. I was really impressed. When I left practice, I thought, okay, these guys are taking it seriously. It was, it was spirited when they went ones to do crossover ones against ones. There was, there was a big-time competition. The, the offense ran a double-reverse throwback touchdown pass when they went ones against ones, and the offense went nuts, and they ran down the sideline, and everybody was chest-bumping. The defense had their heads down, and they were disappointed, and I thought, hey, I'm loving this. I love that it did not seem to me like a bowl week practice. And I, you know, I was involved in five bowl week practices as a player, yeah. and I've watched a lot. In the Smithfield and, House and it seems, yeah, it seems like the level's always down a little bit. Not the case yesterday in practice. And I asked Gavin last night. I said, "Hey, I haven't been to a bunch of practices because it's been busy with basketball and all that. Has it been like that?" And he goes, "Yeah, it's been." He goes, "These guys have been really focused." So I, I love that going into this week. If they can maintain that through the week. I, I really like the way BYU goes into this game. Okay, Blaine, uh, really quickly before you uh, have to leave us, and it's always unfortunate when you do, we've talked a lot about BYU potentially finishing as a top-10 team. It's only fini- or it's only happened three times in the history of the program, and you were on two of those teams. 83 finished number 7, 84 obviously finished number 1, won the national championship. This team could finish in the top-10, just the fourth team ever. Does that automatically make them a top-four team at BYU? It's Last year's a really special team. I think when when you get to 11 wins and finish in the top 15, that's, you go down in history as one of the legendary teams. Ab- absolutely. Last year we talk about it. This year maybe even more legit because of the schedule they played. It's like who would have even thought that they could go play seven power five teams? So so if they finish as a top 10 team with 11 wins, yeah, we we have to talk about them. With with the teams that we call special, with the '96 team, you know, with with that 1980 team that 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 won 11 games with Jim, um, and all of those teams, we have to start talking about that, right? 
especially because of the schedule. So this 11th opportunity opportunity for an 11th win, I think is huge. And, you know, I can go, well, I, you know, I was here five years. We won 11 four times. You know, the only time we didn't win 11 was in 82 when we were reloading at quarterback. We were going from Jim McMahon to Steve Young. Man, that's what a tough, brutal tough transition. transition. <laughs> we had a lot of young guys in 82. Um, and, then, and then we went right back to it in, in 83 where we lost the opener and we won every game the rest of that season. And we won every game the next season. And then we, we finished up with a Citrus Bowl in 85 and, and, and Ohio State. We lost them in our last game. That was the expectation. But you know what? I look at those five teams I played on, we didn't play a schedule like this one. So I'm, I'm ready to give them due credit. If they go out and win 11 games with the schedule they played, it's better than any schedule I ever played against. And it's better than the schedule the 96 team played against. You know, you, you know, we could talk about the 2009 team. It's better than the schedule the 2009 team played against. Yeah. So, yes, they do, if they go win this 11th game, finish in the top 10, I'm putting them up with that, you know, top five, six legendary status. Let's Absolutely. do this. Blaine, thanks for the time. Great to have you in Studio B. All right, guys. Okay, coming up, why BYU is going with the Midnight Virgil uniforms again. There's a great reason. Plus, the top five wins of the Kalani Satake era. Will you agree with our list? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, there are less than 12 days until Christmas. Countdown's begun, but of course, Kiki's putting BYU twist on it. Check it out on the BYUSN Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook accounts. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's get to Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. BYU football, of course, has their coach. Kalani Satake, under contract to 2027, worthy of his top five wins as the Cougar coach. Here we go, ninth-ranked BYU traveled to the uh, Blue Turf, looking for its first win ever against the 21st-ranked Broncos. The Cougars crushed it, 86 yards for Tyler Algier. BYU wins for the first time on the turf. Dax Milne, crazy game. Cade Fennigan, who, by the way, is at BYU now, was the quarterback for Boise State. His dad played at BYU in the 90s. He's here now. Caleb Christensen with the pick. It was a great win, man. Uh, it was so good. We had built it up as one of the biggest games in BYU history. BYU dominated by too much to where we didn't put it as a classic. 51-17 on the blue. All right, at Quattro Quattro. In 2019, the 24th-ranked USC Trojans visited Lavelle Edwards Stadium with Kalani seeking his first signature home win over a ranked team. Ding, ding, ding. He got it. Zach Wilson, remember him, threw for 280 yards and a touchdown, rushed for a massive TD as well. Kalani got to celebrate this victory with the fans as they stormed the field following a lengthy review of a game-sealing interception by Diane Gawoliku. So fun. Just one week prior, number three to USC, BYU looking for its first win of the season in front of Rocky Top's 92,000 fans. Kavik Fonua with the interception. Uh, late game heroics. To Micah Simon! The Micah Miracle. Who gets behind the defense. Jake Goldroyd makes the field goal to send it to OT in double OT. Tyson Williams makes it happen. The former South Carolina Gamecock in the SEC gets the win, and BYU wins in overtime. Crazy game. 
Rocky Top Revival. Oh, unforgettable. At number two, let's rewind to 2018. Camp Randall in Madison, Wisconsin. The Cougars facing the sixth-ranked Badgers. Some trickeration. Kalani and the Cougs shocked the Badgers on that play and shocked the country. Squally Canada and a late-missed field goal were also the demise of Wisconsin. Satake's first win over a ranked opponent. The Cougars also jumped into the rankings for the first time under Kalani after this massive victory. And the top win of the Kalani Satake era is the win versus Utah this year. Of course, ending the streak of nine losses in a row to the Utes of you know almost 12 years. 26 to 17, got the Gatorade bath, Powerade at BYU actually. And uh, you know, little crowd surfing with the crowd who stormed the field. The day after BYU was invited to the Big 12, it was arguably the greatest weekend in BYU <laughs> sports history. I love the celebration. It was amazing. Moments. So much. Our question of the day. What is the difference between 10 and 11 wins for Kalani Satake and the legacy of this BYU football team? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at BYU Arnold's on Twitter. Win and it's a legacy of top 10 finish. Lose and the legacy is 6-1 against Power 5, 5-0 against the Pac-12, breaking the streak to Utah and proving Jerem's P5 phobia wrong as we'd have a better record than Power 5s versus Group of 5s. More Power 5s! More. I want so good we had to bring all, back that tweet. I want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Goes out to the Petersons. So BYU Football put out a uh, video of... Uh, about Nathan and Emily, who own uh, Serenoni Blankets. They've given out the senior blankets the last four years. Nathan has a progressive brain tumor and has been given four weeks to live. So the team is going to wear the Midnight Virgil unis for the bowl game, the same unis they wore on senior day, the day that the Petersons blankets were handed out. So that's very intense. Um, our thoughts and prayers with Nathan and Emily and the Peterson family. BYU loves you. We love you, too. Best of luck with everything the next couple of weeks. I know that's a really hard situation. Yeah, Nathan, a fantastic man. Love that family. Uh, he gave me a blanket himself at a that's corporate awesome. sponsorship golf tournament. Uh, Logan-based company. Fantastic people. We love you guys. Our thanks to today's guests, Lopa Leatawa and Blaine Fowler. Sorry to Dennis. Ran out of time. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Kellen Fowler. We'll see you tomorrow for more BYU Sports Nation and more bowl game buildup. Go Cougs.